Assalamu alaikum. Today we're with another surah, Surah Al Asr. To start with, uh, an interesting point about how much the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet, وسلم, cared for this surah. Uh, Imam Al Tabarani collects that uh, a report where he mentions that the companions of Muhammad, وسلم, that whenever they would leave each other, if they'd met up, before they would leave each other, they would not leave before reciting Al Asr, Inna Al Insana Lafi Khusr, this surah. And then they would say salam to each other and, and depart. So this surah, uh, you know, apparently played a very active role in their lives as a reminder to each other. And Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah said that لو ما أنزل الله حجة على خلقه إلا هذه السورة لكفتهم أو لو تدبروا لو تدبر الناس هذه السورة لوسعتهم. If people thought deeply about the meanings of this surah, it would have been enough for them. You know, and we saw we heard something very similar in, in one of the previous surah of the man who who heard. Whoever sees you know, an atom's weight of good or, or, or a tiny bit of good or a tiny bit of bad, uh, they will see it on that day. Whoever does it in this world, they will see the results on that day. And the man, this man, he, he heard this being recited and he said, that's all I need. You know, this core idea that you don't need so many reminders. You don't need so much information. There is actually just a very simple bare minimum, bare bones of information that if you were to fully internalize, your life would change. If it were to fully hit you and you were to fully internalize it and believe it with conviction, your life would change. You would not need further elaborations, various examples, different analogies. Uh, you know, that bare minimum can be enough, but not for everyone. That's why Allah says, وَلَقَدَ صَرَّفْنَا فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَثَلٍ We have tried to give in, we have given in this Qur'an every example, every possible example. But human beings are constantly argumentative. They're never satisfied with the way God explains things. Um, so in this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions kind of the, the, the essential for success in this world. Allah first takes an oath by time. But not just by time, specifically time at the end of the day. You know, we know what time Asr is around late afternoon, uh, shortly before sunset. So Allah takes an oath by the late afternoon. And this is the author's opinion. There's a difference of opinion between the exegetes, between the scholars of tafsir, what exactly al-asr means and refers to. But this, the author of this text, Sheikh Saleh al-Usaymi, believes it is to do with the latter part of the day, the late afternoon. Now we've mentioned in previous videos, what is the role of an oath in the Arabic language? That the Arabs would take oaths, and, and in the Qur'an specifically, Allah takes an oath, number one, to magnify the importance of that creation, to draw our attention to it. That I've, this is one of my, my prized um, kind of created beings or something I've created. But also that he takes an oath to then prove a point, to prove a statement he's about to make. Um, you know, that thing he took an oath with, with is linked in some way to what he's about to say. So Allah's statement then comes. Indeed, the human being, singular, not people, the human being, uh, with an emphatic, with emphasis, is definitely in loss. And he doesn't say he, he's a loser, he's in loss. It's, it's almost as though this, the human is submerged, he's, he's drowning in loss. And also, so it's, it's this idea of, or that when Allah says the human, he means humans in general, all human beings. But by mentioning the individual human, it's it feels as though it's an individual conversation to me. The human beings by default are in a state of loss. They are losers. You know, they've not succeeded. They've not made their return on investment. 
And then Allah mentions four qualities that makes you, makes you an exception from this loss. Amanu, except those who believe. الصالحات, they do righteous deeds. بالحق, they advise or they encourage each other with the truth. With, with uh, truth with a big T, with, meaning with divine revelation. بالصبر, they encourage each other to have sabr, to have patience. Let's look at the first two qualities. الصالحات, and this kind of these two, Iman, the idea of having correct faith and a deep connection to Allah. And Al-Amalus-Salih, righteous action. This is constantly mentioned. This pair is constantly mentioned in the Quran. The first interesting point is that Iman, um, the idea of faith, you know, faith is not an accurate translation because the definition of Iman, the meaning of Iman in, in Islam is threefold, it's got three components. It's a, it's a statement you say with your tongue, something that you are 100% sure of in your heart, and it's also the actions that you do on your, on your limbs. All of that is part of Iman. So, in actuality, righteous deeds, good deeds, is, is already included in the package of Iman. So when I say this person is a mu'min, that means this person is a person who has conviction in their heart. Um, they've stated the testimony of faith with their tongue, and they're doing actions which prove their faith. It's all three. You can't lose one component and still be a believer in the full sense of the word. Um, in, in its complete sense, I mean. Obviously, if somebody says the testimony of faith with belief, and even if their actions fall short to some extent, they're still considered believers. But the complete sense is all three components. So then Allah mentions righteous action. Now, it's like me saying, for example, you know, come to my house and come to my living room. Now, my living room is inside my house. It's part of my house. I could have just said, come to my house. But the place you'll be sitting in is my living room. So I've specified that. You know, I've taken it out and said, look, come to my house. Come to my, specifically, to my library or to my living room. I want to show you something. So when Allah says, amanu, That's like the house. It already includes all the rooms in the house. Actions, belief, testimony of faith with your tongue. Including the actions. So when Allah then says, and they do righteous deeds. This is just to specify, out of all those things, one of the, the, the main components that Allah wants to highlight is righteous action. Your faith has to show. It can't just be lip service. That's why it can't just be faith. It's not, it's not something blind that you just believe in. It's something that shows in your blood, in your actions. It's flowing through your veins. It's, it's a conviction that beats in your heart. And, it, and you just can't help but act on it. You can't help but live it. This is what الَّذِينَ أَمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ They show that faith in righteous deeds. Um, there's also the question of Allah says عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Righteous deeds. Whereas other places in the Quran Allah says وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحًا He does one good deed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is referring to the idea that the good deeds are many. التَعَدُّدُ أَبْوَابِ الْخَيْدِ That you know, sometimes we limit our idea of good deeds to certain ritual worships. You know, salah is a good deed, charity is a good deed, fasting is a good deed. But what about those things we wouldn't commonly put under the term good deeds, but they are righteous acts of worship to Allah? Doing some exercise with the intention of preserving your body, improving your health, increasing your energy, preserving this ni'mah, this blessing Allah gave you. That is a good deed. You know, working from nine to five, providing for your family, 
earning a halal income. That is a huge, huge rewardable deed. Um, but we would not necessarily see it as a good deed. We would just see it as just a fact of life. But we can turn those facts of life, those mundane duties that we do, you know, you know, changing a child's nappy, you know, taking your, your parent, visiting a parent, visiting a friend, uh, you know, gardening. These things that are seemingly mundane, the believer does not see them as mundane. The believer connects everything back to Allah. And that's the, the, per the perpetuating effect of Iman. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمْلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ You know, Allah says, the Prophet ﷺ tells us that the wali, the kind of the close friend of Allah, the person so attached to Allah, the special rank of wilaya, God's friends, فَإِنَّهُ يَرَى بِنُورِ اللَّهِ You know, be, be wary of this person because they see with God's light. And he mentions in another, in another hadith, فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ كُنْتُ سَمْعَهُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ وَبَصَرَهُ الَّتِي يُبْصِرُ بِهَا وَيَدَهُ الَّتِي يَمْشِي بِهَا وَلَا إِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْطِيَنَّا He mentions that, um, that God reveals or inspires, inspired to him, Allah inspired to him, that when someone reaches a certain closeness to Allah through acts of worship, voluntary acts of worship, obligatory acts of worship, Allah says, um, He loves me and I love him. Until I love him. When it gets to a certain stage that I love, I love this slave. And this is a special love for them. Of course, Allah loves his creation and Allah shows his mercy to them. But this is a special love for, for a wali, him or her, a person who is a close friend of Allah. Allah then mentioned, describes this person by saying that I become the hearing with which he hears, the seeing with which the eyes with which he sees. The hand with which he strikes. And the, the leg with which he walks. I, I become, in the sense that all of these limbs are in tune with, with, with Allah. All of these limbs are constantly thinking and remembering Allah. His mind, his heart is constantly connected to Allah. Every action of his is not mundane. Every action, every moment, every, every breath, every heartbeat is something that he connects back to Allah subhanahu. And so this is the idea of... The idea that good deed, a good deed is not just a ritual act of worship, it can be anything permissible, anything that's allowed in Islam that we have a good intention for. So these are the first two qualities of not being in loss, of saving ourselves from being losers. Losers meaning perpetual losers in the afterlife. And these two qualities are qualities we instill and we develop to perfect ourselves. But we're not the only people on this earth. So now Allah turns his, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns our attention to two qualities with, with which we perfect others, with which we perfect our social interactions, not just our interactions with the divine with Allah. Um, so Allah mentions They advise each other, they encourage each other uh, to the truth. And so tawasa is this idea of giving sincere advice to another person and them kind of trading the advice. Advice is not just one way. The encouragement is not just one way, it's istafa'ala, it's something that's a, it's istafa'ul, it's an interactive endeavor between two people, it's a relationship. At-tawasi bil-haq, people to encourage each other to the truth. Not one person holier than thou preaching to others, but people genuinely caring about each other's, you know, uh, kind of their fate in the afterlife based on their actions in this world, and sincerely giving them advice, private advice, sincerely you know, telling them the truth, something that they don't want to know, but they need to know and you need to be the one to tell them. We are not the people who watch others commit sins and make mistakes and do wrong. 
uh, we're silent in their presence, then we go behind their back and we backbite and gossip about them. No. We are the people who's there and then, as much as we can, privately and with decorum, take them aside and say, look, you know, I, I really genuinely care for you and this is why I'm telling you this. And they should be, you know, it's, we're, we're a society of people that don't like to confront one another, but they should be sincere. If there's sincerity in the advice and there's sincerity in the one receiving the advice, it's something that's a quality of people that are saved from destruction of the Day of Judgment, that are successful in this world. And the last one, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ They encourage each other to have patience. الصَّبْرُ فِي اللُّغَةِ الصَّبْرُ in the Arabic language, you know, it has three connotations. الحبس, you know, to constrict yourself, to, to kind of restrict yourself. You know, um, someone puts a plate of hot food in front of you. It takes a lot of sabr, a lot of patience and persistence to deny yourself that food if you're fasting. That's why Ramadan is called Shahru Sabr in, in another in a, in a narration. So that that to restrict yourself, no, I'm not going to do this, but for a good reason. You know, sabr is also persistence to, to do something again and again and again to keep at it. Sabr ala ta'atillah, for example, to to stay persistent and consistent in going to the masjid, in reading Quran, in going to in going to exercise, in spending time with your family. To be persistent, it takes some sort of willpower, some strength of heart, strength of mind. Some mental resilience, and uh, lastly, sabr ala shadaid to be to be patient, to be tolerant, to be understanding in difficult times when you are constricted. Allah describes in the Quran this this, this feeling of, of walls closing in on you when you're in that situation to still smile, you know, to still take it with a, with a, with thick skin. To, to cry, but to cry knowing that Allah is the one who planned this to happen and there is a wisdom behind it. To, to be content with Allah's decree and Allah's plan for you. These are the elements of patience. Now, in this surah, Allah does not say, be patient. You be patient. Allah says, tawasal bis sabr, encourage each other. It's not something that you can develop on your own. It's something that you need help with. And you need to encourage others with and you need encouragement for. You know, uh, in this surah, this surah is ample evidence that Islam is not the religion for an individual. And we live in very solitary lives as an individualistic society. The Islam is a religion for the community. Yes, there are things for the individual, iman and righteous deeds. That's something between you and Allah. But there's things that as a community we need to work together to instill in each other. One of them is advising each other with the truth, with the Quran, with, with what we need to know. And lastly, advising each other, helping each other to have sabr group efforts, at-ta'awun, cooperating to, to accomplish something. Let's all fast on Monday or and Thursday this week. You know, let's all gather for iftar. When you're all doing it, it's much easier. We all are able to push ourselves and have more sabr, more patience, more persistence, more strength of mind and emotional willpower, more resilience. But when we're on our own, it's very difficult. So these are the four qualities in Surah Al-Asr. And obviously I've deviated slightly from the, te the text with some of my, my own thoughts. Um, but it's based on, on what Sheikh Saleh mentions that the two of these qualities are for the individual and two of these are mukammilun lil akhar, are things we, we help each other with, things we complete each other with. And you need all four of these um, in, in order to, to not be a loser, in order to avoid destruction. So this surah is not about how to become the perfect Muslim. This surah is about how to avoid being a complete loser. To have at least something in all four, four boxes, four categories. I have my basic Iman. I do my basic righteous deeds that I need to do, that, that every Muslim needs to do. I do and I, I receive and I give advice whenever necessary. I, um, I encourage others to, to be patient in their difficult times. I, I help them with group efforts and they help me as well. Even if it's the most basic amount. But I participate in that endeavor. 
if you tick all four boxes, I'm not a loser. And sometimes, in some surahs of the Quran, Allah describes you know, qualities of believers to make us the perfect believer, the most amazing believer. As you mentioned in Surah Tutin, fi ahsani taqwim, we have the potential to, to that, be that perfection. But in some surahs, Allah just teaches us how to avoid the bad, how to avoid loss, how to avoid destruction. You know, with these four qualities, you're not going to be the most perfect Muslim in the world, the best Muslim in the world, but you're going to avoid loss. And that in itself is a victory. That in itself is a massive victory to overcome the pressures, the distractions, the stresses of life, and to still, you know, you know wholeheartedly fulfill these four conditions of success that is success in and of itself um, you know so uh, this surah is a surah, surah that gives us hope that gives us a framework that gives us things we can actually judge ourselves by and, and give ourselves as criteria Wallahu a'lam.